This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, hamdin kathiran wa tayyiban mubarakin fee. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allahu wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa rasuluhu. Salawat Allahi wa salamu alayhi tasliman kathira. Today's hadith, really important hadith for every Muslim who is concerned about his deen, especially as it relates to the prayer. Extremely important hadith, we have to be on top of it, understanding it and applying it and spreading the knowledge of it to our family members because this is one of the big issues that we have in our daily ibadat and it's not acceptable it is a hadith that was collected by a number of the ulama of al-hadith like al-imam Abu Dawu and al-nasai where the prophet told the people sallallahu alayhi wa sallam isbaghu al-wudu isbaghu al-wudu make a good wudu complete your wudu that's one narration there's another narration that is fuller than that, that was collected by Imam Muslim, where the Prophet mentions, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, wailun lil aqabi min al-nar, asbirul wudu, woe unto the hills, woe, woe, on the hills, woe for the hills from the hellfire, meaning they may be burnt in the hellfire if you don't do a proper wudu." So this is the hadith today, the two words. Asbir al-wudu. Make a good wudu, a complete wudu. Al-isbah, the meaning of it is al-itmam, al-ikmal. Do the complete wudu. This has a meaning of what it is and what it means. And it has something what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean waste a lot of water and make wudu by making a lot of water go all over the place. The hadith is not talking about that. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made wudu with about this much water or even less than that. A small cup sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Enough water that can fit in your hand, he made wudu. So using all of this water right here is a lot for wudu. It's a waste of money, it's a waste of water, and it compromised that hadith. None of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. There are Muslims who water is a very valuable commodity and they don't have any water. And we turn on the forces at home and other than that in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan, and we make israf in our wudu. This hadith did not say waste water in wudu. It said asbirul wudu. Make a good wudu. Make a complete wudu. And then the other hadith Woe into the ankle bones. Woe for those, those hills as it relates to the hellfire. They're going to the hellfire. The reason behind the Prophet saying this, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is that he was coming back to Al-Madina from Mecca. And there were some companions who were with him who came upon some water. And they made wudu, but they wanted to hurry up and make the wudu. And they were musta'jileen. They were in haste. And they were rushing. And it's a well-known fact that whenever you rush, you don't do a good job in almost everything. Not everything, 
but in almost everything. So therefore, we should try not to rush. Don't rush in getting married. Don't rush in getting divorced. Don't rush in giving your opinion. Don't rush by driving fast. Don't rush. When you go fast and you rush, that's from shaitan. Something bad is bound to happen when you're rushing. And taking it easy is what Allah wants us to do in most instances. So those companions, they wanted to hurry up and come to the prayer, Salatul Dhuhr. So they rushed and there were parts of their legs, their feet, their heel that did not get touched by water. So he saw it and then he told them, Sallallahu Alaihi wa alayhi wa sallam, Woe into your ankle bones. Those hills, they're going to be in a hellfire because you didn't put, you didn't put the water on your hill. This hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, this command, this amr, has come in many shapes, forms, and fashions. This is not the only incident, two incidents. He only said it twice, three times. He said it many times in many ways. He came into the masjid concerning the famous hadith that we have to know about, we should study. It is called the, the hadith al-masi'u fi salatihi. The man who didn't make a good prayer. The Prophet was sitting down, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The man came in the masjid and he prayed two rakats, greeting the masjid very quickly without any discipline, without taking his time, like many people pray. And then he finished praying, came and said, Assalamu alaikum, ya Rasulullah. He said, Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Go back and pray. You didn't pray. And that happened three times where he prayed, went back, waited, went back, waited, went back. And then the man said, Ya Rasulullah, this is the prayer that I know. The man didn't leave himself on ignorance. A person doesn't know something and he doesn't care. Let me just do it because this is what I do. This is how I learned. This is how I do it. No, he has to learn to do it the right way. He said, this is what I know. Can you teach me? The Prophet told him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِذَا قُمْتَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ الْوُضُوءِ Whenever you want to pray, Abdullah, anytime you want to pray, then make a complete wudu. And then he went through the whole prayer. And then face the qibla. And then say, Allahu Akbar. And then read what's easy for you from the Quran. And then say, Allahu Akbar. And then go into Rukur. And he told him everything to do throughout the prayer. The part of the hadith that is important to us right now is, if you want to make the prayer, then make a good wudu. So he said it many times. First thing we want to mention here, Khwani, is the importance of the sunnah. Because Allah Ta'ala has commanded us with wudu as a condition for the prayer. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, idha kumtum ila salat, faqsilu wajuhakum wa aidiyakum ila al-marafiqa, wamsahu birausikum wa arjulakum ila al-ka'bain. Oh, you believe, if you want to pray, now if you don't want to pray, you don't have to make wudu, but if you want to pray, then you have to make wudu. You have to wash your hands, pass or up to your elbows. But the sunnah taught us, you go past the elbows. He says, so you wash your hands up to the elbows and get all of that wet. And then after that, you have to wash your face. You have to put water on your head and you have to wash your feet, all of the feet. So the Muslim has to understand the importance of the sunnah. 
The people who call themselves the Quraniyun are kadhibu, they're liars. You won't know how to practice the religion. This ayat is general. It doesn't tell us where to wash, where to stop, but it's the sunnah of the Prophet that came in and explained that. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he revealed to him the Quran that was general. We reveal to you this Quran, Muhammad, so that you can explain to the people the Quran. You want to fast in Ramadan? The Sunnah shows you how to fast, not the Quran. You want to perform Hajj? The Sunnah shows you how to perform Hajj, not the Quran. You want to pray? The Sunnah tells you how to pray in detail. So it's extremely important. As it relates to the hadith, as I mentioned, many things were said about the importance of the wudu and doing it correctly and the importance of cleanliness in Islam. He said, iman. Cleanliness is half of faith. Something's wrong with the person's iman if he has body odor, if he leaves his feet smelling, if he leaves his breath smelling, if he's an individual who's not taking care of his hygiene and the situation of the woman is Adam. more important for the 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old girl to be more on top of her hygiene than anyone else especially after she becomes bad at her that's the real responsibility of her mother, her elder sisters the older sisters in the community but it's not just for the girls not just for the girls it is common for a boy to be 15, 16, 17, and he doesn't take a shower. He doesn't clean himself. His underwear, akramakumullah, are dirty. His socks, his feet, his breath, his teeth, all of that. He said, at-tuhur shatrul iman. Cleanliness is half of faith. That's general in al-Islam. General. So when we go to the toilet, akramakumullah, you should try to leave the toilet in a good way like you found it. So we have a custodian here. He should be cleaning the toilet because he works here for the message. It doesn't mean I go into the toilet, I put toilet tissue, paper all over the place. To what? No. We're about to perform hajj, inshallah. Muslims come from all over the world. And you'll find, because Muslims come from all over the world, although cleaning is half of the religion, you see sites at hajj that will cause you to say, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi. So cleanliness, generally speaking. As for the prayer itself, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith and others showing the intricate connection between wudu, correct wudu and salat. He said, al-miftahu salat al-tuhur. The key of the prayer is wudu. If you want to pray, the way you go into the salat, you open up the door, is having wudu. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَتَحْلِيلُهُ التَّكْبِيرِ And as soon as you say, Allahu Akbar, now you in the prayer. I mean, تَحْرِيمُ تَحْرِيمُهَا التَّكْبِيرِ When you say, Allahu Akbar, now you're in the prayer. You can't look around, you can't talk outside of the prayer. People have to respect you and so forth and so on. And then the close the prayer, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَتَحْلِيلُهَا التَّسْلِيمِ you come out of the prayer by saying, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So the first part of the hadith is the important part for the today's talk. Miftahu salat at-tuhur. If you want to pray, you have to be clean. 
your body with the wudu. Similar to that, he said in an authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا يقبل الله صلاة بغير طهور Allah will not accept a person's prayer if he doesn't have wudu. If he doesn't have wudu. So you can't just get up and pray. Some people who are lackadaisical as it relates to prayer. They're just around people who pray. So they'll pray. When people who pray are not around, they won't pray. So the people get up to pray. And because he doesn't really pray, he'll start praying without the, without the wudu. That is a major sin. The Prophet mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aqabi min nar Woe until the heels, as it relates to the hellfire. A little spot, you leave it on your foot, and go to the hellfire. What about the guy who didn't pray and make any wudu at all? He didn't, woe to the whole jesset, to the whole body, from the hellfire who didn't pray. Especially for our youngsters. This is a serious issue. It's from the major sins in Al-Islam. The Prophet mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, innaha la tatammu salat li ahadin hatta yasbag al-wudu kama amaruhullah. A person's salat will not be complete until he makes wudu the way Allah told him to make wudu. And the way Allah told him to make wudu is isbagul wudu. It is too important. Rasulullah told the people, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, after showing them how to make wudu, because that was his wadifa, that was his masuliya. Khudu anni manasikakum. Make hajj the way you see me making hajj. Sallu kamara aitamuni usalli. Pray the way you see me praying, not the way you want to pray. He also said it and did it about wudu. He did wudu, and the people were watching him closely. He did everything in front of them, and then after that. He said to the people after illustrating to them, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, من توضأ نحو وضوء هذا ثم صلى ركعتين لا يحدث فيهما نفسه غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبي. Anyone who makes wudu the way I just made wudu. And then he prays two rakat, any two rakat, provided you made wudu the way I just made wudu. And you pray two rakat, and you don't talk to yourself. Wander, your mind is wandering all about how many goals did Messi score? What happened over there? No, you're concentrating on the prayer. If you do that, you'll be forgiven for your sins that went by. So again, he said, the one who makes the wudu the way I may wudu, and then he prays with focus and concentration. Then this person, this individual, he will be forgiven for what he did before. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ikhwani, listen, this is important. He said to the companions, shall I not tell you people what will cause your sins to be forgiven? And should I not tell you people what will raise you in degrees? You want to know? They said, bala ya Rasulullah, what will cause our sins to be forgiven? What will cause us to be raised up in darajat with Allah? He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, isbaghul wudu ala al-makarih. To make a good wudu when it's difficult and you don't like it. If you make the proper wudu when it's difficult and you don't like it, that's something that will cause your sins to be forgiven. It's something that will get you raised in darakat, darajat. He also mentioned two other things, but we're going to leave those because we're interested in isbagul wudu. What is making a good wudu and things that you like? 
it's cold out there. So if we're outside and we're camping right now, we have to make wudu for Salat al-Isha, Salat al-Maghrib. You don't want to make wudu because it's cold. Or you don't want to make wudu because it's hot. The water that you're using comes out too hot. Now it's not water that's going to burn you and hurt you, but maybe the water's too hot or it's too cold. Some people, they don't want non-Muslims to know that they're Muslims. Some people, some of them have a legitimate reason for that. Some of them are just afraid. So at their job or whatever, they don't want the non-Muslims to know that they're making wudu. So they make a quick wudu. You have to make the wudu quickly for the, on the makari. Some people make wudu, they just pour water in their face, but the water doesn't get here. It just gets here on their face. That's not the good wudu. The person makes wudu up to here. That's not right. Person makes wudu, he doesn't get all of his foot or all of her foot. So if you want to be raised in your darajat, and you want to be forgiven for your sins, then make isbaghul wudu. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. Understand this. Allah will not accept from you a prayer until you make wudu. And Allah will not accept from you the wudu unless it is correct and complete and full. Understand that. If you lack sadaisical concern in the wudu, it's going to have a direct impact on your prayer. And there is a principle in Usul al-Fiqh where the scholars of Usul, they said, مَا لَا يَتِمُّ مَا لَا يَتِمُّ الْوَاجِبِ إِلَّا بِهِ فَهُوَ wajib. If you have to do something that is an obligation, you have to do something that is wajib upon you. And you can't do that thing except by this other thing. Then that thing becomes wajib for you. So you can't pray without wudu. The salat is wajib from the ojib al wajibat. So making correct wudu as well. Prophet Muhammad said that the salat sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khayrul mawdu'ah. As-salatu khayrul mawdu'ah. The salat is the most important thing that you can do in terms of the actions. In order to complete that action, you have to do wudu correctly. Not just do wudu, ya ibadullah, ummatul islam. This is everybody's responsibility to be on top of this, to be serious. Because if you go to the bathroom, to the toilet, sallamakumullah, and just look, people don't know how to make wudu. And one of the things that people do is, we don't get the whole thing. We don't get the whole thing. And it leads to two major critical problems. Number one, when you don't do the itmam of the wudu and the ikmal and the isbat, it is a kabira from the kabair. It's not a small sin, it's a major sin. How do we know it's a major sin? Because you'll be burnt in the hellfire for that. So if Allah or the Prophet wasallam says that a sin is a major sin, that's how we know it's major. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that a shirk is the biggest sin. So you know it's a major sin. You know that a sin is a major sin if it has a wasp connected to it. Like a punishment. If you have a punishment, you're going to go to the hellfire for this thing. Then it is a major sin. So that's the first issue. The second issue is, if we don't make a good wudu, then what's going to happen is, the salat that's predicated upon that wudu, it is not going to be accepted. It's going to be short. Now, there's a really important point I want to bring to your attention. I really need you brothers to focus on this point. 
As I mentioned, there are many hadith where the Prophet encouraged the people, ordered the people, commanded the people, make a good wudu. One time, Umar radiallahu anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw a man, and the man made wudu, and on his foot, in another incident, on his foot, he left a dry spot the size of a nail. Is that a big piece? Is that a big piece of space? The size of a nail. The nail on your finger, the fingernail. He didn't get the water on the sides of the fingernail. Rasulullah saw it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He told that man, go back and make wudu. Go back and make wudu. The man went back, made wudu, and did his prayer over again. Because the prayer doesn't count. The prayer doesn't count. Now listen to this. This is important. Because one of the things that we see with some of these jama'at, and I have to mention this because some of our brothers, we have husnadhan with these jama'at, and some of the people who are teaching from the jama'at are a problem because they make istisghar of the sunnah and the religion and aspects of the religion that are serious. Like the ikhwan al-muslimin. There are some people from the ikhwan al-muslimin are good people, but I've seen too many people who are giving dawah and they're from the ikhwan al-muslimin. They make it small and they say, ah, that issue is not that important. The beard is not that important. The hijab is not that important. That thing is not that important. Ellis bow and having clothes be- below your ankle bow. That's not that important. Don't talk about that. We have Palestine. We have Iraq. We have all of these issues. That is not that important. I hear it too many times from people who are politically motivated like that. Making istisqar, nistihana about the sunnah. Well, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if you don't take care of your heels, they'll go to the hellfire. He told that man who made wudu and left a little small nail, space of it, go back and make wudu. What do you mean it's not that important? What are you talking about? The Prophet told our companion, told our community, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in a man may say a word that he doesn't consider it being important. It's a small word to him. But because of that one word, he'll be thrown in the hellfire for 70 seasons because of one word. Our mother Aisha, in a state of jealousy, said about our other mother Sophia, her co-wife, Ya Rasulullah, Hasbuka, Min Sophia. It's enough that Sophia is a short lady. That's all she said. She didn't even say a word. She said, it's enough, Sophia, meaning she's short. The prophet said, You just said a word. If that word were to be mixed with the water of the ocean, that word would pollute the ocean. So a person gets upset or he's playing around and he calls someone an mf'a, akramakumullah. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? You get upset with someone and you say to him, Ya kafir. You call someone a mubtadir. Them is some serious words. It's just one word. The Prophet said if someone says to his brother, Ya kafir, you're kafir. Because he did something that it may be kufr, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the person went outside of Islam. But if you say Ya kafir to a Muslim, the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَقَدْ بِهَا أَحْدُهُمَا That one of them, this word is going to fall on him. How and when? After he says, ya kafir, that word goes up to the sky, goes to Allah's arsh, 
and it shakes the Arush of Allah and comes back down on one of them. And we have people walking around on a daily basis, don't even know how to make wudu. And they're saying, he's a deviant, he's a deviant, he's a deviant. Why is he a deviant? Because he goes to this masjid and he go to that masjid. Or you say, his brother, go and learn your religion. Go and learn your religion. And try to be a decent human being. And stop passing those ahkam on people. Some of our shabab, they love Islam, inshallah. We talked about Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas last night. They like that kalam about the warriors of Al-Islam. So he walks around making takfir on everybody. Because you don't go to jihad and you don't do this. And that rule it, hey brother, pump your brakes and slow down. It may be that you say a small word like divorce. You have your children, you have your wife. You say to your wife after divorcing her twice, you're divorced. That third word, khalas, you think that's a small word? So in our religion, we don't have this thing about, you know, like a fruit. Like some of those people say, the fruit. The fruit has its core, which is important, and the pill, like an orange. The outside of the fruit, it's the pill, it's not important. Pill it off and throw it away. It's what's inside, the lub, the essence. We don't make everything in Islam the same. Salat is the most important action. A tawheed is the most single most important issue. We make distinctions. The miswak is important. But the miswak is not more important than birwari dain. One is wajib, one is mustahab. We're not going to make something bigger than what it should be. But a Muslim comes and says to the Muslim who's trying to hang on to using the most what? He's always has a miswak. The person, you don't need that. That doesn't mean it, brother. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put a lot of emphasis on the miswak. He put a lot of emphasis. So get away from those people and that concept that we have these issues where this is not important and that is not important. And the deen of Allah, if it wasn't important, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have sent his prophet with it, nor would he sallallahu alayhi alayhi wa sallam encourage the people to do it. The prophet mentioned in another hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, an atam al-wudu kama amarahullah, fa salawat al-maktubat kafarat lima baynahunna. If a person makes the correct wudu, the way Allah told him to make the wudu, then the wajib prayers will be an expiation for him. As salawatul khams, wal jumatu ila al jumat, wa ramadanu ila ramadan, mukafiratun lima baynahunna, idachtuni batil kabair. When you make the five prayers, each prayer during the day, what is between each prayer will expiate your sins and wipe them off. When? When you make the right wudu. But just any wudu, any prayer, no, it's not an expiation. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith ikhwani shows us the danger, as I mentioned, of being in haste. One of the things that is a characteristic for a shabab, younger people, as you get older, you should get a better grip on calming down. But a listijal is a problem. This hadith shows the danger, what happened with those companions, they were hurrying, and they didn't do the job in the best way, radiallahu anhum. But, there are some ibadat, some ibadat, that you should hurry up and do them.
some ibadat. The sunnah is to hurry up. For an example, you borrow money from someone. Hurry up and pay him back. Hurry up and pay him back. If someone dies, the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, hurry up and pray his janazah. Hurry up. If he was a good Muslim, you'll be rushing him to his reward with Allah. If he was a bad Muslim, the community will be getting him off of our necks from all the drama that he gave to the community. Those ibadat, you have to hurry up. An example of that is al-hajj. Hajj is coming, inshallah. The pilgrims start the hajj on the ninth day, the day of a tarwiyah. And then the tenth day, 11, 12, 13, you're going to be in Mina for three days, stoning the jamarat for three days. The first day is wajib. The second day is wajib. As for the third day, Allah Ta'ala, He mentioned in the Quran, فَمَنْ تَعَجَّلَ فِي يَوْمَيْنِ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ Anyone who wants to hurry up and leave Hajj and you don't want to stay for those three days, that's your haq. After two days, you can get out of there. And you have to get out of there before Salat al-Maghrib. You have to stone and get out of there. And usually the people are rushing. These are some of the ibadat where ta'ajjul was ti'jal is legislated. But for the most part, the religion of Islam says, take your time, take it easy. From the benefits of this hadith, ikhwani, is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do things to the best of our ability, what is called al-itqan, perfection. He said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَتَبَ أَلِسَانَ لَكُلِّ شَيْءٍ فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَةِ وَإِذَا بَبَحْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْبِبْحَةِ وَلْيُحِدَّ أَحَدَكُمْ شَفْرَتَةِ Allah has legislated that you are do perfection in whatever you do. Study your best for the exam and don't try to get a C. Do the best that you can. He says, Saddidu waqaribu. Come as close to the bullseye as possible. Close to perfection. If you slaughter, slaughter well. If you kill, kill well. Sharpen your knife so as to make it easy for the animal. When you pray, pray well, seriously. Don't be a person who's mediocre. You get married, try to be committed to the marriage to the best of your ability. Be the best husband that you can be. The best wife that you can be. Not the person who's looking at the person and you're just looking at the bad aspects of the person and you say, I'm going to meet their negative energy with negative energy. They don't seem to be real serious, so I'm not going to be real serious. The ayah said, Ya fusakum. You're responsible for your own self. Be the best father that you can be. And in the meantime, in between time, you give dawah and advice to the lady. And then if she doesn't want to get with the program, you take the necessary steps. What is hikmah? You determine that. But the point is, don't try to do the best only if someone else does their best. Inna allaha katab al-ihsan ala kulli shayt. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Alam taro, alam taro, anna allaha asbaga alayhim ni'amahu. Don't you see that Allah made isbag of his ni'mah on the people? Allah completed his ni'mah on people. اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورديت لكم الإسلام الدين Allah perfected this religion 
He perfected the ni'mah that he gave people, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's one of the benefits of this hadith. Do things to the best of your ability. The hadith ikhwani also goes to show the importance of the prayer in al-Islam. It's the best deed. It's the first thing that Allah is going to look into. Yom al-Qiyam is going to ask you about. Yom al-Qiyamah. If the prayer is right and exact, then the rest of the deeds are going to be right and exact. If a person was lackadaisical about the prayer, the rest of his deeds are going to be reflective of that. The salat will prevent you from doing the crazy things. And even if you make mistakes, salat will keep you in a position and state of mind to make tawbah. But once the person stops praying, the shaitan has him. He's in the grip of a shaitan. Once he stops praying, he's in trouble. Once he stops praying. Now there's a really important point I want to make concerning this hadith. And it is vital. You know that some people in our community, they suffer from al-wiswas. So the shaitan comes to them for yuwaswisu lahum. So when they're making wudu, they keep doing it over and over again. And a hadith like this, when they hear it, they misunderstand and they think that this hadith is telling them to make the perfect wudu, meaning you have to keep going over and over and over and over again. No, you can't use this hadith to understand that issue in that type of way. That's a classic case of a person misunderstanding a hadith. Like Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas's mother, Radhi Allah anhu. I heard that your religion said you have to obey your mother, so I want you to become an apostate. I want you to become an apostate. Sa'd ibn Abi Waqas kana yantabiqu alayhi the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thalathun man kunna fihi wajada bihinna halawatil iman an yuhibbu allaha wa rasooluhu akthar mimma yuhibbu ma siwahima wan yakraha an yauda fil kufr ba'dan an qadahu allahu minhu kama yakraha an yuqfabu fil nar that was what Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas was upon Three things, if you have these three things, Allah Ta'ala will allow you by these three things to taste the sweetness of Iman. That you love Allah and His Messenger more than any and everyone else. Your mother, your father, your brother, everybody else. Your wife, your husband, your child. Number two, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas had the first one, number two, and he had the second one. And that a person hates to go back to kufr after Allah saved them from kufr just as he hates to be thrown in a hellfire. Who in his right mind wants to be burnt in any fire for that matter? And number three, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam told him that if the person loves for Allah, everything other than Allah, he hates to go back into kufr. Anyone knows the other third one? Anybody the other third one? And yuhibbullaha wa rasuluhu more than he loves anybody else. And that he hates to go into kufr after Allah has saved him. Somebody look up the third one. Look up the third one. So as it relates to this issue, don't misuse this hadith to waste water. The hadith doesn't mean that. You have to waste a lot of water. Nor does the hadith mean that the one who has viswas this hadith is making things difficult for you and you have to make your wudu perfectly. 
So what is the hadd of the wudu? You wash all of your fingers and from the sunnah, it's not wajib. It's to do this in the webs of your finger and you wash them all the way past your elbow. All the way past your elbow. Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased, when we used to make wudu, he would make wudu all the way up to the tip of his arms. And some of the companions said, don't do that. That's going overboard. That's not what we have to do. You go past the elbow. You wipe the head from the forehead all the way to the back, nape of the neck right there. When you wash the face, you get all of the face. The feet, you get all of the feet. And you don't leave any part of your skin dry, not even the part that is as small as a nail. Lastly, I just want to repeat this issue about not minimizing things of the religion. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam in the hadith of the bataqa, where a man will come and 99 scrolls of his books will be put on the scales, 99 scrolls of bad deeds, and then the card with la ilaha illallah will be put on the other scale by itself. He has 99 books of bad deeds, not praying, not fasting, breaking his fast in Ramadan, doing all kinds of things, stealing, so many issues, so many issues. And that card is put in the side, the man is going to say, what is that card going to do in the face of all of these 99 books of bad deeds? It will be said to him, you won't be oppressed today. That card will be put on the scroll on the side of the scale and it's going to outweigh that. Another clear proof and indication, don't look at anything in this deen as being insignificant. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, fear the hellfire. Try to stay out of the hellfire, even if it's with half of a date. You have a whole date, break it off, give somebody half, and you eat the other half. Break it off, give one brother half, and the other brother the other half. Opening up the door for someone, helping him in his mount. All that stuff is from the ma'roof. La yahqiranna ahadukum shay'an min al-ma'roof. He said, none of you should look as something that is correct, as being insignificant. It is a prohibition. Anas ibn Malik told the tabi'een that he was teaching, may Allah be pleased with him. He said to the tabi'een, who did not meet the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, verily you people. And if he said this to the second generation of Muslims, then what do you think our situation is today? He said, you people are doing actions that they are more insignificant in your eyes than a piece of hair. So if a person got a piece of hair pulled off of his head, he's not going to make a big deal out of that. It's just a piece of hair. He combs his beard and hair comes out. doesn't make a big deal out of that. It's just a piece of hair. He said, you people are doing these in your eyes. They're less significant than a piece of hair. During the time of the prophet, Anybody who did these deeds, we will look at those deeds as something that was des- that will destroy you. That's what he said to the tabi'in. What do we say today? During the days of the Eid, people play and make fun of the religion. They make fun of the Eid. You know those pictures of the Eid where they show the animals. It's cartoons where the animals, the people have the knife and the khuruf or the sheep will be scared like it's going to run. Or the cow is going to run as if to say, oh, they're going to kill me, make the biha. You ever saw those things? You ever saw those things? That's not permissible in Islam. And it's not funny. 
That's not funny in the religion of Islam. These things that, these jokes that people are doing. The man is praying and he encourages his little baby to slap him and things, these things are not funny. TikTok is full of things that people are joking about the religion. That during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you did that, they said, you a munafiq, you a kafir. And Allah asked that question to the munafiqeen. أَبِاللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِي كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدِ إِيمَانِكُمْ Are you joking with Allah? The ayat of Allah? You're joking about Allah and His deen? You're joking about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Don't offer any school excuses. You have disbelief. You're a disbeliever. Because that's what the munafiqun you say. We were just joking. We were just joking and passing the time. Don't look at those small things as being insignificant like that. Because that's how people are destroyed and we end on that. The Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know you want to know the example of the small things that people consider to be small? He said, the example is like a group of people who are traveling. And they all come to their campsite to pitch the fire. So that one goes and he gets some twigs, not big logs of wood. That one goes and he brings twigs. That one goes and he brings some. And he brings some, he brings some, he brings some. And they all bring their twigs, little pieces of wood. They put all of those little pieces of wood together and they light it. And lo and behold, they got a big fire. They have a big fire. So don't look at the small or insignificant amount of what's being done. But look at the greatness of the one is being done against. We're going to stop there, inshallah, very quickly. If you guys have any questions, you can ask your questions now. What was the other one from the hadith? Three things. Huh? We mentioned that. He loves Allah and his messenger more than he loves anything else. He hates to go into kufr. the third one. What's the middle one? The second one? What's the first one? Allah and his messenger, the most beloved. And then he loves a person only for Allah. And then the third one, he hates to go back into kufr. So those are the three. Those are the three. That he loves Allah and his messenger more than anybody else. Number two, he loves his brother or someone and he loves him for Allah. Third one, after coming to Islam, he doesn't want to go back into kufr. Just as he doesn't want to be thrown into the fire, the hellfire or anything other than that. You guys have any questions? What about the ayat? What's that ayat? What's the beginning? Can someone find that ayat? And then after, Can someone find the beginning of that ayat for me? Any questions, Ikhwani? No questions? Just want to make sure the ayat is correct. لا نسمع 
before that awalam yaro awalam taro annahu asbagha alaykum ha alam taro anna allah asbagha alaykum ni'amahu zahira wa batina that's the ayah subhanaka allahumma wa bihamdika wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk but before we finish close the books everybody close your book everybody close your book everybody close your book what is the hadith in arabic asbagh al wudu you good job ali abdul nasir all right last week last week the ground floor is better more appropriate more comfortable who remember that one good job anybody else you come on man and you akhi from last week and you you remember the hadith what is it the jewish did what and you my brother my brother wasn't here all right welcome welcome inshallah all right then assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.